You're listening to a podcast by BI Norwegian Business School. Welcome to Creativity Matters, podcast on creativity and innovation. From managers to engineers, journalists to chef, everyone is talking about creativity and innovation. But are they really crucial? Can we manage them? This podcast talks about how creativity matters. My name is Federica De Molli. I'm Associate Professor at the Department of Leadership and Organizational Behavior at BI, Norwegian Business School. And I have the pleasure to take you to this journey toward the exploration of creativity. Today, I have the privilege uh, of introducing to you our guest, Giovanni Dolci, Chief Sales Officer at IMAX Corporation. Giovanni joined the company in 2012 as Vice President, Theatre Development. Since then, he has held various roles in IMAX Corporation before serving as Chief Sales Officer in 2021. Prior to joining the company, Giovanni worked in the film industry for many years, following projects in different countries such as New Zealand, Italy and UK. Welcome, Giovanni, and thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you for having me, Federica. Uh, you work in a sector, that of cinema, uh, which is uh, engaging and exciting by definition. Um, moreover, from your position, you have uh, an understanding uh, of the business uh, uh, dynamics and the knowledge of the cinema world that makes your work extremely fascinating for any cinema lover. Uh, so my question is, could you tell uh, us uh, uh, a little bit more about your work uh, and um, also about your story? How you, did you end up in IMAX Corporation? Of course. So um, as you said, I'm responsible for bringing to market uh, the company's product portfolio. And uh, what IMAX does uh, is um, bringing cinema to a completely different level. So we want to be best in class uh, in terms of uh, cinematic experience. And in order to do that, uh, we have a pretty unique model that uh, touches on every aspect uh, of uh, the movie value chain. So what IMAX does, we start our work uh, whenever we can, right from the moment the movies are being conceived. So we have a very strong relationship with the world's best filmmakers. And um, we provide them tools to put their vision on screen. Some of these tools, for example, are our uh, best-in-class IMAX cameras. So a filmmaker can decide to shoot a movie using our cameras. Um, then we have very close relationships uh, with uh, um, the studios uh, and distribution companies so that that movie can be brought to market uh, um, by highlighting the special elements that makes it uh, particularly uh, differentiated in IMAX format. And then, of course, um, we do a lot of work uh, with the actual cinema operators. We deploy IMAX theaters all over the world, and um, we provide the technology that goes into those theaters, so projection and sound. We design those theaters according to our patented geometry so that uh, they look and feel different for the end consumer, for the audience. And only when you put all these elements together, you can really say that you're delivering an experience. And, you know, there is nobody who wakes up in the morning and says, oh, next weekend, I'm going to go and watch uh, uh, Avengers uh, uh, in 5.1 sound. But there are people waking up and saying, oh, next weekend, I'm going to go and watch Avengers in IMAX. We are a format uh, 
we are an experience and we are very, very strong believers in the value of that out of home experience, especially in today's world where, um, you know, everybody sometimes thinks that you can do everything from home. We go in the opposite direction. We want to take people out and make sure that they can enjoy this shared experience. And, um, by putting the IMAX seal of approval on a movie presentation, on a cinema, we can guarantee them that that experience is going to be exceptional. Mm. It's interesting because um, you are not only working in the creative uh, sector, so-called, but also, I mean, uh, your industry is uh, uh, developing uh, creative solutions and innovation um, which are beyond uh, the, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the production of the movie itself. So, for example, uh, all the um, all the tools and all the services that you provide to the final uh, viewer in order to create this experience that you mentioned. Uh, and what about your daily work and activities? How creativity and innovation enters your um, work? I mean, within this uh, this company. Uh, look, uh, creativity is at the core of uh, everybody's jobs, I think. It's not just uh, because we work in, uh, in the entertainment industry uh, that we apply creativity to business. I think that that's something that happens as you as you would uh, obviously very much support, I guess, uh, in uh, every job, every company, every line of work. I do have to say that it's particularly gratifying, though, to be able to work uh, within uh, um, an industry that has creativity at its core. Uh, I always believe that there is a line that connects uh, artistic creativity to business creativity. And um, that's possibly the reason why I chose to work uh, in this field. I think that um, uh, working in a business role within uh, a creative industry um, is a privilege. You can see this line, but also leverage it uh, in your day-to-day -day job. Um, in terms of my actual business activities, uh, look, I uh, I like challenges. I'm inspired by challenges, and uh, creativity is what you need to uh, solve these challenges. And that goes uh, for every day's work, for every day's business uh, activities. So that's when creativity comes in. Um, and uh, look, there are many ways. Uh, uh, in, in which you can see that creativity, but in my view, it goes hand in hand with open-mindedness. And um, the challenges in, the, in our job are diverse and plentiful. And I think what's unique about IMAX is that we operate in 87 countries all around the world. It's a very, very diverse uh, estate. Uh, and as you can imagine, uh, uh, you have to be extremely dynamic in the way you react and you cater for these different environments. And without creativity, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be able to operate in the way we do. Um, so you mentioned uh, the fact that creativity really enters your daily activities from different angles. And it's really, uh, I mean, everything starts from, from there. Um, I'm a, I have a question about uh, uh, the person with whom you work, because uh, I know that you work a lot in team as well. Uh, so how do you choose your collaborators? I mean, if creativity has to be so important, uh, which are the features that, according to you, uh, uh, someone that enters your uh, team should have in order to really give this sort of boost of creativity in your team? Of course. Well, every role is different. Of course, it depends on um, on, uh, on on the role, and uh, you know, you you recruit uh, 
specific uh, talent and specific individuals, depending on what you will need them to do. But there are indeed common traits. And business creativity is certainly one that I would look for in any person working uh, alongside me. Um, I, I was mentioning that in my view, you know, creativity goes hand in hand with open-mindedness. Uh, um, I like uh, people that are entrepreneurial in vision, um, you know, doing a business uh, as if uh, you're building your own uh, and uh, trying to find uh, the most creative ways of tackling challenges and finding solutions. I think it's very much connected with an entrepreneurial spirit and um, the the ability of being self-starters and uh, being uh, practically um, open-minded and creative uh, in the approach. Um, so, yeah, that's that in a nutshell, in a bit of an abstract way, is what I look for. And then I like ambition. I mean, uh, um, everybody needs to be ambitious to succeed. Um, and especially, I assume you have a younger audience that is uh, either approaching or reapproaching the work environment. And um, I would say that uh, I cannot stress enough the importance uh, of ambition for someone who's uh, approaching the work environment and uh, and starting a career. There are too many people out there that lack ambition. Those are the people who are going to tell you that uh, you're too young for a role or that a particular challenge cannot be overcome. Um, my my point is let's get people uh, who are ambitious and who can prove all this uh, non-believers wrong day by day by uh, passion and determination. And those are who are ambitious are also those ones who uh, try to find out different solutions to suggest a different way of doing things, for example. Uh, but there, I mean, not every organization, I would say, has uh, uh, the per, um, yeah provides the perfect environment uh, for them in order to um, really express themselves. Uh, really try also um, different solutions that might be failed. So uh, there are organizations which are not open for risk, for example. Um, about your organization and your experience, which are the most uh, important, according to you, uh, characteristics of an uh, that an organization should have uh, in order to let um, create the the perfect environment for people to express themselves and to find out those important creative solutions that we mentioned. I think it's uh, very much tied to my thoughts on uh, entrepreneurial mindsets that I was referring to. And, you know, you want that in individuals, but as an organization, you also want to promote uh, essentially an entrepreneurial environment where you let people try, you give people challenges to, to solve and to tackle, um, but you let them uh, approach those challenges uh, in the way that is best suited to, to, to the individual. So, um, you know, there are, there are mistakes that, uh, uh, can be made, and uh, I think uh, any good organization is ready uh, to give people a, a chance. I think my example is uh, is very uh, very on point in this sense. Um, I was given the opportunity of having a, a pretty fast uh, uh, career within the company, um, and I had people who trusted me and entrusted me to control areas and uh, parts of the business that. I would say not every organization out there would have entrusted uh, a relatively young guy um, to do. So again, 
you, you have to, to put trust in people, in the people that you are growing within your company. And um, that will pay off, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So in your case, uh, feeling that, the, I mean, your boss, somehow the company uh, trusted you, really gave you the... Um, Uh, the the boost the um, the possibility to uh, express yourself and to uh, try some I mean to take the responsibility of new sectors and uh, a new project and um, do you manage to um, I mean apply the same practice within uh, your work and with your collaborator collaborators like uh, um, How do you uh, try to um, find solutions or make create an environment among them which uh, really helps them to um, uh, to to work uh, as you did and to to exploit their um, talents also? Look, in essence, we're lucky because what we do and um, the main mandate that my team has is essentially business development. So um, by itself, that's a Uh, a very uh, a, a, a very entrepreneurial activity when you have to be out there and uh, that translates uh, very concretely in growing the network of IMAX theaters around the world and um, you have to listen to what uh, people are looking at and what their um, their vision is uh, in terms of what countries do you go to um, in what way uh, with what pace how do you prioritize your efforts uh, And uh, as a leader, one has to listen uh, what their team believes uh, and where they think the opportunity lies. So again, um, then in the day-to-day -day management uh, of uh, uh, peers, colleagues, uh, it's, I think, extremely important and not that easy to explain to strike the right balance between providing guidance uh, as a leader, but also giving people leeway to be uh, their own entrepreneurs. Um, I, I think uh, the worst possible mistake that an organization can uh, make is to micromanage people. That's how you create processes that lack creativity uh, because you're asking people essentially uh, to do things uh, in a very uh, scripted way and do it over and over again. Uh, or you are asking people to be an extension of yourself as a leader and you want them to do exactly what you would do. This is not a recipe for success. This is uh, a recipe for failure eventually because you create a very flat approach which is not diverse uh, in its nature and therefore cannot lead to particularly interesting results. Yeah, and then you replicate, you might replicate the same pattern over and over and the same action over and over without, of course, uh, innovate. Uh, but having, uh, I mean, these skills, which are so important for your job now, um, have you been trained to, to do that? I mean, have you been trained to, uh, to work in this way? Or maybe you had a, a mentor that inspires you uh, through your career? I had great mentors and I'm very lucky for that. Uh, um, all my, uh, I had uh, three key managers, bosses in my career. Um, one, uh, he was in my previous uh, job. Then um, I had uh, an amazing boss when I landed at IMAX. And now uh, our CEO to me has become effectively a mentor. And um, they certainly helped. I think the ability of leveraging creativity um, and creative thinking uh, develops throughout uh, um, any, everyone's career and work experiences. Um, but I think... Uh, 
it's good to have a basis, uh, at least some predisposition towards uh, creative thinking. And if I look back uh, at my story, um, this foundation came uh, um, mostly from my studies uh, uh, back in the days uh, in uh, in Italy. I think uh, um, the, the 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 formation that served as the enabler to creative thinking was most importantly my five years in Italian high school, completing the so-called Liceo Classico. For those who don't know, in Italy, we don't pick modules or subjects on a yearly basis. But at the beginning of the five years of secondary school, students have to pick a course, and that's it. And that by itself, by the way, I think is a good lesson in decision making instead of being allowed to pivot whenever and for whichever reason. So I did this classical studies, which meant that uh, a large proportion of my time was spent um, in high school studying Italian uh, literature, ancient Latin, ancient Greek, uh, art history, philosophy. And I cringe when people tell me, oh, but when are you going to ever use uh, ancient Greek? Uh, that's not useful. <laughs> Those were actually the years that really taught me at the same time to be both analytical and creative in my thinking process. And by far the best education that I ever got. And I think that was a very useful basis to then go into the world of uh, obviously training through university and then the the, the, the work environment. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm when I look back, I'm very grateful for that foundation. Yeah, I understand very well what you say because I, um, myself, I also did uh, Liceo Classico and um, I studied ancient Greek and Latin and uh, at, at that time I didn't see the point and I was struggling to to uh, arrive at the end of the year without any, uh, I mean, uh, any lack uh, in, in the subject because it was very, very difficult school. But uh, um, um, one of the takeaways was maybe uh, the um, ability to uh, reflect on abstract concept uh, and to link uh, different uh, information, different uh, pieces of information in a way that makes sense. And this is one of the fundamental, um, I mean, lesson that we can um, learn from creative thinking as well. And uh, it really helps. Uh, it's true. I agree what what you say. Um, and um, I want to um, uh, like move a little bit uh, from this discussion to a more um, team management uh, uh, focus, uh, like. Um, uh, about, I would like to speak about diversity uh, and uh, um, how diversity is important in your teams. Uh, I know that you work, for example, on um, projects which are um, taking place in different places of the world, in different nations, you work across different cultures. Uh, so I could imagine that also your teams are very diverse, not only in terms of ethnicity, but also in terms of uh, uh, training, uh, expertise. Um, how would you value diversity in your in your work? Well, it's another critically important foundation. Uh, you know, we talk about creative thinking. Uh, we talk about solving challenges with different points of view. Those different points of view are essential to the success of any business. And that's where diversity and its, port its importance comes in. Uh, we go back to... Uh, what I was saying about avoiding micromanaging people because uh, then you're imposing patterns or approaches that are your own. 
um, diversity is where this uh, different point of view, points of view and different uh, approaches stem from. So critically important. And again, in our reality at IMAX, uh, um, as you mentioned, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we operate in 87 countries. You need people who understand uh, this market. Um, there is uh, no way to have blueprints for success or a one-size-fits-all approach. Uh, it is essential to have that di diversive mindset uh, and um, and pool of talent, I would say, to pursue our objectives, uh, to solve the challenges. And very importantly, also to define what success looks like. But all of this in relation to the environment and markets where we operate. I think uh, lack of diversity is where creativity dies. And that's uh, uh, when we stop uh, recognizing uh, that there are different ways of uh, solving challenges. Uh, where we start approaching activities in the same way that others would have done um, or in the same way that we've observed elsewhere. So, yeah, maintaining that diversity leads then um, to, to, to a creative approach to business. Uh, I would say also cre creativity dies where you, you, you start leveraging over complicated abstract approaches. I've seen it done, unfortunately, by many where... Instead, again, of taking a uh, diverse uh, approach uh, to different topics and subjects, uh, you try to solve challenges as if they were an MBA case study. <laughs> and uh, again, unfortunately, seen often, um, you know, those case studies are designed to try in your brain, but too many people think that they are actually a way to develop a jargon-infused way of abstracting a problem without offering real solutions. And I tie that to the need for diversity because that's exactly where diversity and creativity dies. Mm -hmm. But diversity uh, and uh, bringing new solutions and different, um, exploring things from different angles brings also potentially uh, some conflicts or uh, because uh, it requires uh, uh, constantly changing uh, ways of doing things. And uh, we know that uh, we are pretty lazy <laughs> as human beings. And so uh, we tend to uh, keep on doing the things in the same way. And, and if uh, a new solution comes and changes our process, then <clears throat> uh, it potentially creates some conflicts. Uh, so how do you deal with the uh, conflicts uh, and um or put it more generally uh how are uh, i mean um, which are the uh, potential issues that uh, um come to play uh when a creative solution when an innovation uh, is uh, i mean is brought uh, up by your by your team members uh, and how do you try to overcome this issue? I think the, um, one of the key points uh, is that um, it's critically important uh, to separate uh, productive innovation from uh, disruption for the sake of it. Um, there are some people that uh, go into organizations and uh, organizations that realize maybe that uh, they need change. And uh, instead of building uh, something that uh, is of value, Uh, they decide to disrupt because uh, they think that's a way that is conducive to success. And usually that uh, uh, disruption with no purpose is what creates uh, the most conflict because people don't realize or recognize uh, what the value 
is of what uh, is being changed or what is being done, and that uh, fuels conflict, uh, but uh, conflict that doesn't lead uh, anywhere. And that's that's a big risk. Um, so once you separate <laughs> from the two uh, areas and you embrace uh, productive innovation, then I think uh, the, the key to managing conflicts uh, uh, is all in understanding and messaging. You need people to understand why uh, things are being changed, why the approach is being uh, tweaked or uh, in some cases completely uh, rebuilt. Um, because I observe that you, you, you get conflict when the stakeholders are not really bought into what's happening or when they don't know why certain things are being done. And I'd like to think that with proper knowledge and understanding and handholding, then even most skeptical uh, persons within an organization uh, would uh, acknowledge the importance of change and then embrace it. Interesting. So the the way maybe to overcome these potential conflicts is to inform people and um, make them aware of the importance of this change and uh, uh, and the consequences of it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we don't live in a uh, in a utopia. So there are uh, situations where conflict uh, uh, is unavoidable because maybe you're changing. Uh, um, ways of doing things. And as a result of that, uh, um, some people might feel threatened by it uh, or may no longer be relevant with their skill set. That can happen and there is no easy solution to that. But generally speaking, I do believe uh, that uh, through knowledge and understanding, uh, you can overcome the the risks tied to conflict uh, stemming from creativity and innovation. And a really hot topic at the moment is uh, sustainability. And of course, it's an important topic because we we all know uh, what we are uh, facing and mean uh, all the problematic related to an unsustainable way of living and working as well. Um, Is somehow sustainability uh, impacting also your your work, your sector? How does it enter if it does? Um, your word, your sector? In different ways. And uh, look, I I could talk for a very long time about it, but uh, um, I'll explain why in different ways. First of all, I think uh, we need to acknowledge that uh, there is way more attention towards uh, sustainability as a topic in general by everybody around us, which is a very good thing, by the way. Uh, but that means that any business operating in today's world needs to t- keep that uh, in mind uh, because people are thinking about it. And maybe 20 years ago, I would say people were not thinking about it at all. So uh, everybody is way more attentive and sensitive towards uh, the topic. And I'd like to think that will lead us to a better world, hopefully. Um, in terms of our business in particular, um, there are different areas where sustainability comes into play. Um, one is content, for sure. Uh, IMAX, uh, uh, practically speaking, uh, uh, is also a producer of uh, documentaries, for instance. Uh, We are really pushing uh, our uh, production uh, division and our efforts uh, in the world of documentaries. And many times, uh, um, a lot of this content is tied uh, to uh, sustainability. Um, 
we have uh, uh, we did a, a very nice uh, documentary. I shouldn't be the one saying that, but I particularly liked it. Uh, that talked about uh, uh, the changes to our world. Uh, it was called A Beautiful Planet, uh, and it was showing from space uh, with IMAX cameras uh, how the uh, world is uh, is changing. And I think that part uh, uh, of our business uh, has. Uh, um, a lot of purpose and meaning in terms of educating uh, uh, young kids uh, and throughout then generations to what's at stake and what's important in our world. So we do a lot of uh, uh, nature-focused uh, uh, content and documentaries that tell quite powerful stories. And then when you look at technology, um, I think we're all trying to perfect and improve the technology that we use uh, in every sector, and cinema is uh, no exception. So, for example, if you look at projection uh, um, technology and the way it has evolved, uh, we went uh, over the past few years uh, uh, through a very important switchover where you see um, traditional projectors that were using xenon bolts, xenon lamps, being replaced by laser light sources. So you no longer have... Uh, uh, the wastage of having to change uh, bulbs in your projectors every now and then. And instead, you have uh, 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 an array of laser diodes uh, that is, are going to be there functioning for uh, more than a decade. And um, again, you see technology evolving and becoming more uh, um, sustainable in the long run. So, as I said, both on the content and the tech part, uh, we're certainly touched uh, by the topic. Um, you mentioned the fact that you had a uh, few mentors, three mentors in particular, that uh, really help you to uh, go through the various uh, steps uh, uh, in your career. Um, I can imagine that you also met uh, um, some people which we might uh, define as innovators or particularly creative people in, I mean, in your life. Um, uh, my question is, if you, uh, what... Uh, impressed you from these people and if you see that there is a pattern among them uh, that somehow explains their um, I mean their their talent their way of being so much innovators yeah um, look it's 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 difficult to um, to identify a type uh, I'm not a believer that uh, you know all innovators are uh, people that have a particular uh, attitude or uh, a particular profile. Actually, if I think about my mentors, um, they are all great innovators, but in very different ways. Um, I can think of one of my mentors as someone who uh, was fitting the profile of an uh, innovator that is uh, way more creative uh, um, than analytical, for instance. And then uh, Another of my mentors is uh, equally a great innovator, but in a way more structured and analytical way. Um, so I don't think uh, creativity and innovation uh, reside uh, within a particular profile, within a, a particular um, way of uh, looking at business. There are common traits, for sure. Uh, you know, these are all people, the innovators that I met, that uh, always embraced change. Uh, all people that were always ready to try something new um, and that they were very much able 
at realizing what the value and drive is uh, in that sense. Uh, so, well, very last question. Uh, you already um, uh, suggested to um, our young audience, to our students, to be ambitious uh, when entering, uh, I mean, the world after the after the studies. Um, would you advise anything else uh, for our students which are starting their career? Yeah, and look, I, I, I want to frame the ambition part uh, um, a, a bit more, perhaps. Uh, again, I talked about ambition uh, in a way that is very much linked to passion and determination not to be confused with uh, arrogance. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, often a mistake. Um, and uh, it's the ambition of uh, uh, trying new approaches, uh, the ambition of being uh, creative. Uh, I can quote many examples. I remember when I joined IMAX, uh, I went to my boss and said, look, I think we should put IMAX theaters in Africa. And uh, some could have thought that I was uh, going completely crazy. You know, we are a very premium, uh, uh, best-in-class cinema-going experience. And uh, some could have told me, why on earth do you want to put uh, that kind of experience in places where there are no cinemas at all? But I was very much convinced that we needed to be part of a growing uh, entertainment habit uh, and uh, to be there from the onset. And uh, I'd like to think that that was an ambitious decision and choice I put my job at stake because uh, when you... Uh, w when you have to push something through, then you're responsible for it uh, succeeding or failing. Um, but equally, um, my boss at the time was uh, uh, able to recognize my ambition and gave me leeway to do this. So I was on a plane to Nigeria to figure out how we could open a movie theater in Lagos, which we eventually did, thanks to finding some very good partners. Um, going back to your question, uh, I'm sorry, I'm digressing a bit, but uh, yeah, be ambitious is certainly my my main uh, recommendation. If I want to be a bit more specific uh, for someone who is in the early stages uh, of a career, I would say two things. Um, prioritize the right choice of role more than the industry. Um, I think to begin with, uh, it's far better to be in a role when where one person can strive, even if that's not exactly in the industry or the company that a person had uh, in their mind. Uh, we live in an incredibly dynamic and mobile world where skills are more transferable now than ever. So um, look for the right role more than uh, the, exactly the, the sector or company that you had in mind. And then tied to that, I would say prioritize the right manager and mentor more than the role itself. Um, you know, it is uh, better to be hired uh, uh, as an intern reporting to the CEO than uh, uh, as a manager stuck in a departmental silo. So it's not about seniority, by the way. It's primarily about ensuring that you work uh, for someone that you genuinely admire and that you think you can learn from. Um, as I said, I was very lucky in having great mentors, but they were determining in my career steps. And I think uh, that's someone that everybody out there uh, starting the career should keep in mind. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Giovanni. Uh, it was a very inspiring uh, conversation. Uh, thank you for joining us.
And uh, thanks um, to the listeners uh, also that uh, were with us today. Uh, and I hope um, you, everybody enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Thank you, Federica, for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with a fellow Italian and the topic was uh, very interesting. So I hope I haven't bored your listeners too much. Of course, I'm sure you did it. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you. This is a BI production. Listen to more podcasts. Go to bi.no slash podcasts.